Uh, I just want to take a brief opportunity to introduce our facilitator for the evening, in case you haven't already met her. Uh, Karen McGuire is our Minister of Discipleship uh, and uh, a whole bunch of other things as well. And so um, Karen and I have known each other for the better part of 27, 26 years. Uh, we met um, at the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama. And long story short, when uh, I met Karen, I didn't want anything to do with her. And um, I'll, I won't go into She knows that. Uh, and so uh, I was an intern at the Church of Brook Hills, and I worked in the worship and students area, and did, therefore didn't have to didn't have to interact with her, until our senior pastor thought it would be a great idea to pair up all the interns with one of the ministers who was not in the interns field. And as we were walking down the hall, I realized whose office I was going to get to go into. And um, if you've ever seen that scene from Remember the Titans where the, uh, the black dude and the white dude look at each other, they've been told that they have to find the, uh, the member of the opposite color and get to know them. And they, they look at each other, Bertier and uh, the other guy's name. But he goes, okay, let's just, let's just give each other some particulars and let's get over with. And it was that, uh, that moment that I walked into Karen's office and I kind of gave her in my, you know, 19 year old wisdom, why don't we just give ourselves the particulars and get this over with. And 26 years later, here we are. So um, there you go. Um, Karen uh, loves God. Uh, they chat quite often. I have always trusted Karen's relationship with the Lord over the last 25, 26 years. Um, I have always gone to her for prayer. Uh, and support and received uh, both. And so over the course of our journey through Route 66, you've already experienced uh, Tony is taught. We've got some other people that are going to be teaching. Uh, and so just to kind of give us uh, just some flavor and some some different perspectives as well. Uh, Tony, kind of wave at everybody, just so everybody can see. Tony is going to be preaching this Sunday, and so be praying for him as he uh, brings God's word from the Garden of Gethsemane to us. And so lift, be lifting him up at some point during your, uh, during your journey tonight as we um, encounter the last of the Torah. Uh, so Genesis is the book of beginnings. Exodus is a book of redemption. Leviticus Leviticus is a book of law. Believe it or not, Numbers is a book of warfare. And tonight, hopefully, we'll learn a little bit of something about Deuteronomy. So let's pray together, and let's ask the Lord to speak through our friend. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this evening. And I echo uh, what Scott just said. Lord, open your word to us. Uh, teach us something. Lord, uh, teach us something we didn't know, whether it be little or small, something that we can take with us uh, into the days and weeks and months ahead, something from your word, something that lets us know more about you, something that lets us impact the community that you've placed us in. Father, speak uh, through your servant and speak because your servants are listening. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And over all these years, Jonathan and I still love each other. <laughs> well, thank you. This is a privilege for me to be able to do this tonight. I love the book of Deuteronomy, but I love God's word most of all. Um, and I love what it has to say, and I love what it can teach us. And so as we look into the book of Deuteronomy tonight, um, your table group leaders have a handout, and they're going to give you the first page of the handout. Now, yes, I heard someone say now, yes, now. <laughs> if you were here last week, you heard Jonathan say something about the fact I would have handouts, and so I didn't want to disappoint, um, but I always teach using handouts. If you don't, if table group leaders, if you don't have enough handouts, there's some more up here on this front row, um, if you need some extra ones at your table. The first 33 chapters of Deuteronomy were written by Moses. The 34th chapter of Deuteronomy was written by someone else, uh, maybe Joshua, maybe another one of the elders or leaders uh, at the time. 
but he did not, uh, Moses, it describes Moses' death. And so it's most likely that Moses did not write that. Um, and telling of the story about it. So, <laughs> uh, And Deuteronomy was written sometime before 1406 BC. You may find a lot of information about the dates of when all of this was written and everything, and most of it pertains to whether you're looking at a biblical scholar's work or if you're looking at a non-biblical scholar's work. Uh, biblical scholars mostly say that... Um, Moses wrote somewhere before he died, around 1406. Um, some non-biblical scholars will say it was even as late as 700 um, BC. These are BC dates, not AD dates, obviously. And so, um, but I'd like to just talk through this handout that that uh, your table group leader has given you for just a minute, and just give you some basic information about Deuteronomy, and then we'll talk some more about some other things. So the first one is Deuteronomy is one of the most frequently cited Old Testament books. There are only two other books that are more often quoted, and this is in the New Testament. Only Psalms and Isaiah are quoted more often in the New Testament than Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy contains Moses' final messages to the people of Israel. You may remember where they are in their journey. They have spent 40 years in the wilderness. They have now come to the place of the entry to the promised land. And Moses is recounting a lot of information for them before they enter uh, the promised land. Moses gives his final words of wisdom and also of warnings. He gives his final words of wisdom and warnings. <clears throat> the title of the book, Deuteronomy, uh, simply means second giving. Or it means, some in some translation, it will say second law. It doesn't mean it's in addition to the other law. This is really the second giving of the law that Moses gave earlier to the children of Israel. And that's really what Deuteronomy means. It's the second law or the second giving of the law. And also in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses challenges them to be faithful to the covenant and to love God. He challenges them in this book to be faithful to the covenant and to love God. Now remember, they have been wandering around in the wilderness for a very long time. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. Uh, they always had things to eat, although it might not have been exactly what they wanted uh, every time, but God always provided for them. He loved these people, and he wanted to be their God. And there were times when they rebelled and did not uh, want to participate with him in what he was doing. Let's look for a minute at why Deuteronomy is important. In this book, Moses 12 times in this book, or at least 12 times, addresses what he is saying to all Israel. It's to all Israel. And he does that at least 12 times in this book. So these words are important, not just for the elders, for the leaders of the tribes of Israel. It's not just important for other people around them, the resident alien who might be living with them. But these are words for God's children. It is for the children of Israel. And Moses is very specific to address Deuteronomy in that way to them. Deuteronomy also codifies their belief in the Shema. You heard Jonathan talk a little bit about the Shema, I think, last week, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Yes, ma'am. Codifies. Oh, Shema, sorry. Yes, S-H-E-M-A. S-H-E-M-A. Deuter and it's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. Anybody know what it says? Yes, David, you want to stand up and say that? 
Oh. <laughs> He's got the front part of it. Can anybody do the back part? Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one. You should... Thank you, Laurel. I know you are. <laughs> well, that's all right. Stand up and read it, if you don't mind. Listen, this is, this, these words that you're going to hear right now, this is the Shema. These are important words to the children of Israel. They're important words for us, too. So, Laurel, read those uh, three verses. So those words, those words are the Shema. And Israel often said these words as they gathered together to meet, as they went to worship. They repeated it to themselves. They repeated it to their children. They put it on their doorposts. Those words were important to them to remember, to remind themselves. And just like we're human, they were human. They needed to be reminded. We need to be reminded. And that's what they were doing. When they would repeat these words, they were reminding themselves that the Lord was one. And the nations that surrounded them had many other gods. Israel was different because they only had one God. And so it was a very different experience for them. They were not like everybody else, which ought to be a reminder, I think, for us as followers of Jesus they were, should not be like everyone else. There ought to be something different about each one of us that makes the world look at us and say, oh, oh, they're different. She's different. She handled that differently than I thought she would. He said that in a nicer way than I thought he might or than I would have. We ought to all be different. So... Deuteronomy codifies their belief in the Shema, which is their basic confession of faith. And Deuteronomy also restates the Ten Commandments and the other laws given in Leviticus, uh, in Exodus and Leviticus. So if you ever wanted a short version of the first five books of the Old Testament, Read Deuteronomy. That's the cliff notes. I said, I said, you can just read Deuteronomy if you don't want to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. You could read Deuteronomy. It's like the cliff notes to the Torah. Again, the first five books of the Bible are called the Torah, the Old Testament. Um, that's how the Jews would recognize them. So the message of Deuteronomy, and this is important, the message of Deuteronomy is to listen to God, to obey him, and to love him with all their heart, all their soul, and all their strength. That's the message of Deuteronomy, and I probably could sit down now. I'm not going to, but I could. Listen to God, obey him, and love him with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. And there's one more on the back page. Wherever we go, wherever the children of Israel went, wherever we go, we should love God and others. God is love. He first loved us so that we could then love others. Anybody have a question, comment, thought? Everybody got it? Oh, good. Well, there's going to be a test at the end, so I hope you've really got this well. It'll be oral, so we'll all know what everybody learns in here. <laughs> I'm really not going to do that to you. Okay, um, second handout, please, uh, table group leaders. Oh. 
When I first started thinking about doing Deuteronomy in 20 minutes, knowing that it had 34 chapters and thinking, how in the world am I going to cover 34 chapters in 20 minutes? Um, yeah, talk fast. <laughs> but rather than talking fast, um, I thought I would just do this in three in threes. Um, and so I want us to just look a little bit at Moses' life, uh, just as a reminder of who this man was. And so um, uh, the first forty, the first part of Moses' life, he lived in Pharaoh's palace. And while he was in Pharaoh's palace, he was accustomed to power, he was accustomed to riches, and he was accustomed to ruling. And he spent 40 years that way, being accustomed to the very finest education, the very finest of everything that was available in Egypt because he was Pharaoh's daughter's son. And so he experienced all of that in that first 40 years. One of the dangers, however, of having that kind of a lifestyle for that long in life is that we tend to build our confidence in those things rather than in the one who is the giver of those things. So it's, we tend to put our, our faith in those things, the money, the power, the love, the ability to rule, and all of that. We put our things there rather in the, than in the one who gives us those things. We all know the rest of the story of Moses. He took it upon himself to try and help the children of Israel, and he killed a, an Egyptian man, and he buried him in the sand, more or less, and so from there, Moses spent the next 40 years in a dry desert. Going from the riches of the then known world to the backside of the desert. And in the backside of the desert, what he found himself being is a runaway. He found himself being poor. And he found himself being a shepherd. So he's gone from 40 years of riches in Egypt to the backside of the desert. 40 years, 40 years, and his work mostly was done because of self-pity. He felt sorry for himself, wouldn't you? Would you feel sorry for yourself if you'd gone from the riches of Egypt to the backside of the desert? I'd be feeling pretty bummed out. Just saying. I don't know how the rest of you all feel about that. One of the dangers with that is we realize that we're not important. And when we realize we're not important anymore, we can begin to dislike God. You've had all the money, all the riches, all the wealth, all the power. You're on the backside of the desert. Who are you going to take it out on? Most of us, when we run into difficulties in life, difficult challenges, uh, difficult life experiences, and we always want to blame God for what happened. And many times, the things that happen to us in life are simply because we live in a fallen world, or they happen because of life circumstances. But it's really not God's fault, but we want God to fix it. And when he doesn't, so this part of Moses' life, these 40 years in the desert, is character building. This is where God builds character. You may remember from experiencing God when we did that last fall, that God never gives an assignment with, with little character. God will always build character for a big assignment. 25 years from the time God promised Abraham that he would have a son, 25 years until Isaac was born, 25 years of character building. Not because, I, not because Abraham was going to be the father of Isaac, because Abraham was going to be the father of a nation. Big assignment 
character building 25 years. Moses in Pharaoh's palace, 40 years on the backside of the desert. Why? Because Moses was going to help lead the people of Israel into the promised land, or at least up to the promised land. Character building, 40 years on the backside of the desert. Do you ever wonder why God hasn't given you an assignment yet that you think you might like to have? A lot of times it's about character. God's building character for the assignments he has planned for us. So enjoy those times on the backside of the desert uh, because he's building your character. The next 40 years of Moses' life is really about God's journey. And instead of it being about Moses, the focus has changed in this last 40 years. And it's really about God's resources. It's about God's presence. And it's about Moses learning to be the leader of God's people. And what we see in those 40 years is that God is doing his work through Moses. And instead of danger, we have an opportunity. We finally come to the place where we realize we can't do anything on our own. And we can only do things in and through the power of the God of the universe who works in and through us. And that's the lessons Moses learned. Last week, somebody made the comment at the table where I was that it seemed rather harsh about Moses' punishment uh, when it comes to the promised land um, because he didn't get to go. And it used to bother me as well uh, that that was true, and someone made the comment that um, that God doesn't like disobedience. But the truth is, in that story, the problem really is not as much disobedience as it was that Moses robbed God of his glory. If you read the Numbers 20 passage in there, you will see that it talks about the holiness of God, and that when Moses did what he did, instead of what God told him to do, he robbed God of his glory. And that disturbs God more than our disobedience does because he robbed him of his glory. Anybody have a question, thought, comment, criticism? Not yet? Okay, good. I'm still going to do good. Okay, super. There are three divisions uh, that we're going to look at now in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapters one through eleven, and oh, yeah, chapters one through eleven is really about Moses' speeches. Moses gives a number of speeches during Deuteronomy. Um, the first speech actually begins in chapter one, verse five, and it goes to chapter four, verse forty. Moses was quite an eloquent speaker, I think, or perhaps hope. His second speech was actually given from 5.1 to 11.32. You're welcome to read those. Um, if, well, and you should read them. Uh, but 4 through 11, chapters 4 through 11, the second speech that Moses gives is really about obedience and how important obedience is. I never realized until, um, well, a few years ago, actually, uh, how important uh, obedience is to God. And it really came to me when I read a passage in the New Testament. Jesus made this statement, if you love me, if you love me, you will, you will obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. Do I love Jesus? I bet all of us would say yes. The proof of loving Jesus is in our obedience. And that was when I read that years ago, and I realized that that's really what that means. That my obedience is a demonstration of how much I love him. And on those times when I don't obey, well, you know what the picture looks like on that one. 
So as you read uh, Deuteronomy 4 through 11, chapters 4 through 11, remember that obedience is the theme of those. Chapters 12 through 26 are really about God's law. And by God's law, and I have listed these here for you, the laws are the terms of the Sinai covenant. This is the Ten Commandments that God made with them. Um, and sometimes when we read the laws, and that's why I put this on here, is don't get too caught up in the idea that they don't fit our modern laws. Israel's laws made them very different than the people around them because they focused in the areas of justice. Justice for the resident alien, justice for the children of Israel, justice for the people who were around them, but justice was an important component in Israel's life, and God was helping them understand that. Verses 12 through 16, he gives some laws about worship. In 16 through 18, he gives laws for leaders. And then in 19 through 26, he gives civil laws and social justice. Can you imagine standing there listening to Moses do all this? I read Deuteronomy in probably in short increments, and it takes me probably two weeks to read all of Deuteronomy. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to be standing there listening to Moses do this in two weeks. Okay, well, maybe it didn't take him quite that long. Um, the last part of Deuteronomy is chapters 27 to 34, and this is Moses' final speeches. And this is when, and we're going to, when we get to our questions, we're going to look at some of these um, tonight. But just the, if you listen and obey, you will be blessed. If you rebel and disobey, disaster's coming. It's also, also the, and in uh, 33 is when Moses makes the announcement about Joshua becoming the leader of the children of Israel. And in chapter 34, as I said earlier, Moses dies. Um, the lovely thing about Moses, I don't, that's going to come out wrong, sorry. Um, I was going to say the lovely thing about Moses dying. <laughs> sorry, I didn't really mean it like that. But um, the interesting thing about Moses is that God told him to go up on Mount Nebo, and God buried Moses. And nobody knows where God, where Moses was buried, except that he was buried on Mount Nebo. Do you know why I think God did that? Pardon me? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They wouldn't worship his bones. Had they had access to his bones, they would have worshipped his bones. And so God took him up on the mountain and put him down somewhere, and Moses died, and he was gone. No bones for Moses. I love how God does stuff. He knows us so well. He knows what we will do, and he takes care of it along the way. The three verses that I would mention to you, and we're going to look at them tonight as we do our discussion times around the table. Um, the first one is the Deuteronomy 4, 4 through 6, which is the Shema. Um, Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20, and then Deuteronomy 31, 6, and they really sum up the essence of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4, as I said, is the Shema. Deuteronomy 30 is Moses saying to them, I have set before you life and death and prosperity, for I'm commanding you today. And he goes on and talks with them. And so we'll look at that in just a minute in our homework. So table group leaders, if you will hand out the discussion questions. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, God did a lot of amazing things in the life of Moses. Uh, and when you read the history and the story of Moses' life with God, I'd like to have that kind of relationship with God that Moses did. I would like to maybe not say some of the things that Moses said, but I would like to be able to talk with God about things like that and to just do that. God and I, as Jonathan said, God and I chat. We have, our, we have a prayer time with him every day, but during the day I talk to him about whatever seems to be going on in the world. As a minute ago, I was just, as I was getting ready to be here, I asked him, please do not make me so incredibly nervous. I can't do this tonight. Because I could already tell my face was getting red. 
which is what happens to me when I get nervous. And so I just said, okay, I need some help here. And um, he's doing really well so far. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Uh, so table group leaders, uh, what I'd like for you to do are questions one and two at your table. I have listed uh, scripture passages for you to read and then just a brief comment and then a question for you to ask at your table. So, um, do, uh, so table group leaders do questions one and two and I'll give you a few minutes to do that.
If you haven't moved on to the second question, you should do that by now. first two questions that you all have been working on came from Moses' first set of messages. They were in chapters 1 through 11, and so that's where these came from. If you'll take just a moment now and move on to question number three, um, this one comes out of the second part of Moses' um, uh, use of the book of Deuteronomy. So look at question number three and spend just a few minutes looking at that.
As we're coming to the end of our time tonight, I'd like to ask you all to look at number question number five, table group leaders, if you'll look at question number five and talk about them um, at your tables, that would be great. And we'll be coming right to the end of our time in just a minute. attention as we come to the end of a look at the book of Deuteronomy I'd like to just read you a couple of verses from verse of chapter 34 and then I want to ask you a question it says in chapter 34 then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho there the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised in oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. And Moses comes to the end of his life. But at the end of Moses' life, Moses was at peace. He was at peace with what he had done. He was at peace with where he had arrived with the Lord. Moses had found his purpose. Moses had fulfilled his purpose. He had done the things of God. And so my question I leave you with tonight, you found your purpose? Are you living out your purpose? Are you fulfilling your purpose so that when all of us come to the end of our days, will we be able to be with the Lord in peace because we have known 
that we have done that which he has called us to do. How are you fulfilling your purpose? Thank you. We'll go ahead and turn our attention to praying with one another. Uh, so I want to encourage you to... Um, Oftentimes we'll share prayer requests with one another, and that's that's needed and and healthy. But I'd like to start off. I want you to share something that God has done, a, uh, something that God has provided, a need that God has met, something that you have seen God do in the last couple of weeks. That you just I want you to celebrate what God has provided or what God has done. Just share one thing from your life. Maybe it's something you've seen in the church. Maybe it's something you've seen in your family. Maybe it's something you've seen in your life. But I want you to celebrate something God has done or God has provided in the last couple of weeks. And then I want you to share that with the table and then praise the Lord for it. Have somebody pray just with a prayer of thanks. So on your mark, get set, go. sure you take time to praise the Lord for it.
if you've already taken a time to praise, I want to ask you to go ahead and go into a time of prayer. And I want to ask you to maybe pray for one another. Uh, specifically, I want to ask that you pray for your church. You might think of a number of ways to pray for us. You might pray for your staff. You might pray that God would form more small groups. You might pray that God would continue to to bless us financially. You might pray for our community. Uh, But just kind of go around the table. Uh, Pray for your church. Pray for one another. Maybe there are some people that you're wanting to share Christ with. There's somebody in your life that needs healing or needs salvation. Uh, Share some requests around the table. Make sure you pray for your church. Make sure we pray for the lost. Take some time and share those things around your table. Give some time to actually praying. When Mark said go. somebody at your table pray that as we continue to grow God would raise up leaders especially people that can teach with our children people that can teach with our with our youth people that can 
follow the callings that God's placed on their life. Would you add that to your prayer time? somebody at your table pray for Tony as he continues to prepare for this Sunday the message this Sunday the message that God has placed on his heart Father, you have called us to be obedient. And as we read and study your word, as people teach us, as people guide us, as we open your word publicly, as we open your word privately, you, you give us so much to do. Ways to live this life, things to say, things to do, actions and activities and all you expect us to do is obey but we can't do it without you we can't do it without your Holy Spirit and so we just ask you to equip us and enable us and strengthen us to love you and to love our neighbors. Father, we are so grateful for what you are doing in our midst. We are humbled and excited and just in awe of all that you are doing. But even in the excitement, God, we, we are represented by so many folks here that have so many things. There's so many different things going on in each of our lives. We just trust you daily. 
Sometimes it's hour by hour. But, but we just want you to know we trust you. We love you and we trust you. We trust you with your community. We trust you with your church. We trust you with our families. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our children. We trust you with our grandchildren. We trust you with tomorrow. Father, when people look at us as individuals, when people look at us as a church, may they see Jesus. May he be lifted up and may men and women and boys and girls be drawn to him. Father, we each know somebody who does not know you as Savior. And so we lift them up to you right now, asking you to use us, to use whatever you can to draw them to yourself so that they can spend eternity with you. Or we each know somebody who needs a physical healing. We each know somebody who needs a mental healing. We each know somebody who needs an emotional healing. We each know somebody who needs social healing. And right now we lift them to you, asking you to use us if you can and want to. Father, in whatever circumstance and whatever situation that we represent, as well as those we know represent, we pray that you will get all the glory because you are worthy of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Super excited. We have completed the Pentateuch. It only took seven weeks. And next week... We are going to be strong and courageous as we enter the book of Joshua. Here's what you need to do before you're allowed to leave. You, as a team, need to figure out at least two people that you are going to invite to next week. Look around to your table. Yes, you were going to talk about these people behind their backs. You're about to, but not in a bad way. Who can you invite between now and next Wednesday that you haven't seen on a Wednesday night? So you're, that's your role. Once you've decided the two people that you're, you're, going, you, you're going to invite, then you can leave. So decide that, and then you're, you're dismissed.